0: thanks for the knowledge Fan Bites weekly news show rounding up the headlines and games and entertainment in one handy podcast. I am not your usual host, John Warren. He's actually out on vacation and'll be back next week. I am Andrea Sharon, your guest host for this week here to fill in and fill you in on some of the biggest stories making the rounds within the last week. Usually you see me on Fanbyte as a weekend news editor or helping out over at Linkshell, our Final Fantasy XIV vertical, but I've been about around quite a bit extra lately. Um, I hope everyone's doing well out there and managing to stay cool if you can. I think where I'm at, it's finally starting to uh, see a bit of an end to the heat wave out here in Texas. Um, thankfully, John has escaped that out on his vacation, but I think we do have plenty to, um, to keep us busy through the heat. Uh, it's Soul Hackers 2 month this month, plus Xenoblade 3 just came out, um, I believe, a couple of weeks ago or maybe last week. Uh, we also got a Final Fantasy fourteen update dropping hopefully here at the end. A couple of things that we'll, we'll probably touch on a little bit coming up here. Um, and actually talking about some of that in our recent headlines. So this week I was lucky enough to be joined by Fanbyte Senior Managing Editor Niriam Strom. To go through each of the week's biggest headlines, so let's go ahead and jump into that conversation now. All right, um, I'll go ahead and get things started with our chat this week. There's not a ton of earth-shattering news, but of course, some really cool things to still talk about anyway. Um, So I have actually asked Fanbyte Senior Managing Editor, Niriem Strom, to come help us break it all down. Niriem, how are you? And thank you for joining us this week.
1: I'm good. Thank you for having me on. And also, I'm glad to hear you say your own name out loud because people have been trying to gaslight me into thinking that it's (laughs) Andrea for weeks now
0: I've been I've been everything Andrea Andrea um someone wrote Andrew on my Starbucks cup not long ago um so I was like well that's a whole different name um so no not that my little cousins call me Anja so if you can't pronounce it then that's that's fine too Anja Anja
1: Um, I used to have trouble pronouncing Sasha. That was a cousin of mine. I used to say like Sasa. (laughs)
0: That's cute. That's precious. Um, so now I'll respond to Anja too. Um, if if anybody doesn't like Andrea either. Um, but yeah, no, I am so glad that I get to host this week and have you on. Um, we do have some, some stories that I think you and I can talk circles around and some that I am not quite so familiar with. So, um, but we can go ahead and get started maybe on some league news if you are a league liker Niriam.
1: <laughs> yeah I mean, I used to be uh, to a certain degree I was always way more of a dota person. I don't know if you know this really? about me Andrea andrea um and anja <laughs> um yeah no i was I was a out right out of college i, I played dota two for Red Bull eSports um, oh, wow. not, uh, not as a competitor but as a as a journalist for them. Um, so I played a lot of Dota two and, um, there's like a, I don't know. I feel like Dota two players have a chip on their shoulder about league of legends <laughs> because league of legends is way more popular, but Dota two is like the, the beautiful game. It's like mm-hmm. the pure sport, um, in a weird way, but yeah, I did watch arcane, um, the league of legends animated series.
0: Good, good. Cause my, um, my league experience is like what, 2000, I think 2011 is when I first got into it. So like, they had this little lore thing um, going on back then. Uh, oh, my God. That was a decade ago. Um, anyway, like, I just had a small crisis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but they they had this, like, weird lore thing going on back then that was kind of like, you know, um, just paragraphs of text and no real direction. Yeah. And I think they just, like, threw that in the trash can and now... A decade later, um, they released Arcane. And so there's this new docu-series out, um, Arcane Bridging the Rift. Um, Mm -hmm. And it kind of dives into um, all of the the making of Arcane and all of that good stuff and kind of how it came to be. I watched a little bit of it. I watched that first episode. Um, We have a really cool write-up about it over on fanbyte.com. But, of course, it kind of dives into what it took to kind of make Arcane what it is and kind of get rid of, oh, this idea that, you know, they're just like a bunch of champions stuck together with no real lore. And now they've got more than just like a random music video to imagine dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Arcane, have you happened to watch the new series or, or any interest in that?
1: In the um, documentary specifically?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I have not watched it. I I think only the first episode is out now. Right. Um I know um featured contributor of the website uh Funke Joseph loves Arcane loves League of Legends uh and they watched it mm-hmm. uh pretty quickly so they were telling me a little bit about it and it sounds interesting for sure. Like I I have problems with Arcane um mm-hmm. from mostly from a narrative perspective. I think that does way too much work to like try to got to hear both sides. A very straightforward conflict in that universe Mm -hmm. um, where there's like a like a rich uh, overclass oppressing um, this like, you know, uh, literally under literal underclass. They're literally people (laughs) who like live. They're poor people who live in in kind of this little underworld city and the underworld city wants um, independence from the rich people. And they basically just want to like say, hey, our city is our city. We're not a part of your city. And the rich people uh, killed them. For that, and then there's sort of this detente going on uh, during the events of the show, and there's a you know kind of uh, origin story of these two different characters who are sisters. One of which who becomes in the lore is a cop, and one of which is a criminal. And uh, arcane dives into that stuff. And but I will say I love the way that show looks. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm like really interested in seeing like the a lot of this. uh, I think focuses in on some of the uh, animation and stuff like that and how they have managed to achieve that look is very interesting to me um, because it's really distinct and it stands out from a lot of the crowd especially the crowd on like Netflix like Netflix stuff is just not I mean circling back to Dota Dota has a animated series as well Dragon Blood, but it just looks like the Castlevania show which also just looks like every other show that Netflix does now um, right. it's an animated adult cartoon that's not a
0: comedy Right. And that's I guess they kind of touched that on that a little bit in the docuseries too, talking about like, you know, the video game curse of of becoming a game to film or TV or, or whatever it may be. And League is trying to escape that, I guess. And I mean, as far as games to TV shows, I guess, you know, like we're kind of mentioning the bar is not that high so
1: no it's not been
0: <laughs> right um I, I i've only watched up to like i don't know it's, i think it's like nine episodes long and i'm around seven or so somewhere oh. i okay. literally i just watched it because i thought that they put caitlin and vi together like from how the internet reacted i thought it was like a thing out the gate and i was like all right i'm here no. and it's not what i thought so never mind i just kind of like checked out there um. Another
1: classic Netflix thing of like, we're going to say in tweets and interviews that these characters are gay, right? but do they ever actually like hook up or kiss or do anything in the show? No. Yep. No.
0: <laughs> there's a season two on the way, I think. So uh, maybe, I don't know, or maybe there's something good for me waiting in like the last couple of episodes. Nope. Um, oh well, <laughs> I've been saved. Thank you. Thank you, new.
1: Uh, there, I mean, I think it's worth finishing, especially yeah. if you're on uh, that. But if you're specifically looking for those two characters, like you know, doing anything uh, obvious, no.
0: Oh, I'm crushed. Well, thank I'm you, Um, there, there's always that. I think they have like a music video or something for for Varys oh. or somebody. I don't know um scraping I'm scraping the the bottom of the barrel looking so we'll see That's <laughs> what we got to do yeah. <laughs> never,
1: like that's been that's been history well if you want to go for you know big high budget stuff there's always people making stuff for us it's, um, true. it's just the people it's just uh, indie people and stuff
0: exactly um speaking of which though it's actually I don't even think it's actually an indie um it's shooting up I've never heard of this game before um until we had um an article go up on Fanbyte about it um, but Subway Surfers uh, is, the new, is the world's most popular speedrunning game right now, um, which, you know, sorry to, to Minecraft. Um, and it's actually beat out Super Mario 64, which when I think of speedrunning, that really is um, what I immediately think of, even as just someone mm-hmm. like from the outside and not familiar with really the speedrunning scene. It's that and like Elden Ring at this point. Um, so when I first heard about Subway Surfers, I thought it was one of those um brand games, you know, like the KFC game. So I thought it was like mm. a subway game. That's not yeah. what it is at all. You play uh. as
1: Jared. No, you don't play as Jared. <laughs> you crucially.
0: don't, you don't, you don't, it has nothing to do with sandwiches, actually. Um it oh. has, has everything to do with um like you know, subways, like the thing that takes you from one place to another. Um, so it is one of the most popular games on speedrunning.com. It has the most active it is the players. The most, most
1: on speedrunning.com. Yes,
0: by like uh what was it? I think it's eighteen thousand. Um, I had it pulled up here somewhere. It's
1: pr- yeah. The screenshot in our article shows Super Mario 64 at 472 active players. Subway servers is
0: 17,954 active players. So I'm out of the loop um because a lot of people apparently do know about it. Um so it sounds like it has a really big scene on like TikTok and in brazil um so of course something that has blown up on tiktok um has just kind of taken over speedrun.com um it's another free to play mobile game so it's the i feel like i'm always i always am surprised by these like yeah. mobile games that kind of come out of nowhere to me because i'm just not big into the scene no me neither
1: I, I guess it makes sense though, right? Like if you look at the the games that have the most active players on, on again, even just with this screenshot, not mm-hmm. I'm not even looking at the most current numbers, but it's like there's Minecraft and Super Mario 64 near the top, like you would expect, but then Stray is right behind them. So it's like, you know, more popular games, more modern games are going, probably going to surface to the top because more people are playing those and more people have the means to play a like original version of those games. Right. Um, and also just like, you know, as time passes and the idea of speed running becomes more and more like just a normal part of everyday life, the way that video games became a normal part of everyday life for people. It's just like, yeah, games that are popular now are just going to become the new de facto. It's not going to be the classics that people played on hardware six generations ago that nobody can buy anymore. It's going to be things that anybody can play, especially a free to play game that has basically zero barrier to entry.
0: Right. Right. It's cool. No, it's really, really cool. Um, my idea of these things um, to see that things aren't, you know, enthusiast level, the Elden Ring is nowhere. Even in these like top 10 most popular games, there's not a million people trying to break that game. And it's
1: and, probably so daunting,
0: right? But, right. I can hardly, I can't get through the first area. Like I just <laughs> run around there and just die a lot. Um, So I am doing the reverse, Um, but possibly in quite a bit more, Sobering news, Um, people on the Internet being horrible again. Um, We have another story um, about Destiny, too. So some Bungie employees, Um, a judge actually ordered some um, this this online phone company text now to name the people that were threatening two Bungie employees back in June. Um, and in in case you aren't familiar, if our listeners aren't familiar, um, so there were two employees that received, um, a series of really horrifying, um, text messages. So they did things like, I I know where you live. Um, I've moved close to where you are now. They sent, they sent, oh no, they, they tweeted pictures of their actual ID, um, and some really horrific stuff. Um, but it sounds like they actually aren't going to press charges, but they have been named. So a judge ordered TextNow to give up the names of the people that were um, buying this access and harassing right. these employees. TextNow is like a it's like a service that promises
1: anonymous phone calls and not anonymous texting or something along those lines. I think is what it is meant to do. Yes, but it's like obviously somebody used that for nefarious purposes and. This I don't know, Andrea, are you like a huge Destiny person at all?
0: I'm not. I am not at all, but I I don't know. I just look at any online community and immediately assume horrible. Um, like you know, horrible people lurking in it. So I'm not actually familiar with everyone involved. Right. Um Uh
1: Destiny, I, I I'm a bit of a lapsed to Destiny player, but mm-hmm. so but I do still keep Um, I I check in on it every once in a while. I I beat the most recent expansion campaign, so I've uh, kept a thumb on the scale, I guess. But uh, it has a pretty notoriously toxic community. Um, among even among uh, big video games right now, Uh, which is funny because Bungie itself as a company is very not that at all Mm -hmm. these days. Uh, There was a story uh, a little while ago about how they very much had a very toxic sort of management structure like a lot of other places. But then they cleaned house even before scandal came to light, really. Um, And it seems like they're in a much better place now. A lot of the people who were like downtrodden in terms of like they were the you know, writers who were probably doing a lot of the best work over there were basically being silenced by writers who were in bigger positions of power uh, who are now no longer with the company. And now that, that kind of explains why maybe some of the writing quality in destiny has improved dr- drastically in the last couple of years, but they are also like a company that has gone out on record and like supported abortion rights and black lives matter. They, there is a black lives matter, like destiny emblem in game that you can get. Um, and if you like bought it, it, all the money that they they got from that was like diverted to um, charity funds to help people. Um, and so it's kind of interesting to see that, like, the community around the game is so, 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 so vitriolic. But it's like, it's the classic example of, like, you can tweet anything about the game and the all the comments are just going to be like, I can't believe you nerfed this gun, you <laughs> bastards, I'm gonna find you. And the obvious, like, end point of that is somebody eventually isn't just saying that, um... You know, no matter how they they intended, it's never a fucking joke. It's never funny or or right. good to do that, or or acceptable to to say that sort of shit. But eventually, you're going to be, find somebody who took it to the next level past that. Um, you you know, you throw darts at a wall. Eventually, you're going to hit something, and uh, that's where this led. And Bungie was like, "Hey, I don't fucking think so." Uh, and this judge was like, "Yeah, I don't fucking think so either." Which you know seems like a overall good thing.
0: Right. Um, It's just one of those things. I think it was it was this past weekend um, being someone who is not very familiar with that. But I mean, I do I play a lot of like Final Fantasy 14. So I'm I'm used to seeing like some of the Internet's worst get mad, like over absolutely nothing. But it is it feels like there's just that extra special, awful toxicity that exists there because this past weekend, whenever, um, they disabled chat, you know, after that, um, that situation that was causing people's games to crash. Um, and to just see people go out and look specifically for developers, like personal Twitter and things like that. Um, it kind of, Made, like this seeing how this story came to be it makes sense unfortunately like because there's so many people that just demand access to someone's personal twitter um yeah. and you have no business tweeting at someone you know about the the game um from the, like to their personal account like go away
1: yeah <laughs> uh, the, the, i mean there the, are a lot of the details in here are just really really scary and horrifying too like you you pointed out but like yeah the like the fact that somebody was like tweeting a picture of an employee's staff ID card, like right. publicly and like, you know, to show, obviously, like, look how close I can get. And then saying that they were not safe, like using those words. That's that's wild. That's fucked up. Like this is something else like the Like it, it's bad out there in general across like all games. Most right. of the time, most online games, especially. But boy, this is a this is a rough one.
0: Yeah. And it's, you know, I don't know where it goes from here. Um, I think even like, you know, the, the report and then our write-up too, it's kind of, we're at a, a hanging position, kind of trying to figure out, you know, what, what happens. Do they just let authorities handle it there or are the, the employees actually going to do anything? It sounds like they're not going to press charges. Um, Bless them. I would be terrified. So I don't know what I would do in this situation. Um, but I hope they are safe because, oh, my goodness, I, I don't know what to do about some of this, like the online harassment and this kind of issue. But like the, the thing on Twitter is, I don't know, that's terrifying.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God.
0: Um. OK, that is a really ugly one. <laughs> Um but we've we moved do to something something, <laughs> something that is both kind of light and also not light. Uh yeah, this story we, it's weird, huh? <laughs> yeah, this story we're about um smooching uh killers. So yeah. th- I can make that sound better than I just made it sound. Um but Dead by Daylight, I do love me some Dead by Daylight. I haven't played a lot this year. Um, but they released a game specifically, um, for me, uh, I haven't played it yet, but <laughs> hooked on you. Um, so this great article by Natalie, um, who mentioned that the, uh, the de- the dead by daylight dating sim, if I can get that out, um, is not Canon. So it is not Canon that you actually smooch the people putting you on the hook. Um, sad to say, sad to, re- to report that probably, um, the hardest thing I've had to to read this week I uh... everything
1: is canon and nothing is canon (laughs) canon is a made-up thing by corporations to say this is worth your attention more than this other thing like listen Andrea you can enjoy this game just as much I have thoughts about the concept of canon And I'm telling you that you can you could this is as canon as you want it to be.
0: Oh, thank you, Nier. Okay, well, now I I'm going to go enjoy my fan fiction today and tell people that it's canon. Um, I feel exactly. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no. So Natalie's story talks about um, how it's kind of tongue in cheek, which, you know, uh, usually there's um, with the killers, if people aren't familiar, um, there is a huge queer community that, um, plays dead by daylight. Um, and I've kind of had a lot of fun like these last couple years that I've got into it, watching, um, some concrete, okay. Some content creators on that <laughs> end. Um, they do a really cool pride thing every year, um, like with pride flags and stuff like that. Um, and it's just been kind of nice to find that community and, and something that feels kind of competitive, yeah. Um, and everyone wants to uh, bone the killers. So Spirit <laughs> this one.
1: <laughs> all the gay uh, Overwatch fans moved over to Dead by Daylight and you love to see it. Did they
0: really? Are they all? Uh, there's a lot of former it's, Overwatch people.
1: I know. I Or maybe. I don't know. Oh, I'm just joking so, about like.
0: I'm so gullible. <laughs> you can't tell me things because I'll repeat it. <laughs> now I'm going to go tell everybody that. <laughs>
1: Uh, I mean, I will say I know some people who used to play. I, anecdotally, I know at least a few people who used to play a lot of Overwatch who don't play Overwatch anymore, but fucking love Dead by Daylight because it is a <laughs> Natalie, exactly. It's a it's a class based game, a class based competitive game with different characters and uh, like a deep lore. I mean, probably deeper lore than Overwatch at this point. A game that put out a bunch of stuff and then said, "Here's the lore," and then never touched it again for six years. Um, the, the, I'm always kind of weirded out, not weirded out. Mm -hmm. I'm always surprised by how deep the lore in Dead by Daylight goes.
0: Yeah, I, um, I played for a while without kind of reading all of the, um, I don't know, they have those little side stories and stuff. And then I started reading them when Trickster came out just because I was like, I have to understand, like, why there's like a K-pop dude, um, Mm -hmm. like, running around knifing people. The K-pop Joker? Yeah. um, And he's got some lore. Um, He, like, I forgot what happened, but his producer, don't quote me on that, I think it's his producer, is the survivor that came out with him. Yeah. And they had um, a disagreement um, and it was handled the way that you would assume is handled in the day, Dead by Daylight universe. Yeah,
1: he stabbed a bunch of people.
0: <laughs> yeah, he um, he was not happy. And he has all these, like, I don't know, the internet, like, thirsted hard after all of his teasers. And they do have some some pretty cool teasers for him. So I got into the Dead by Daylight lore. Well, I cannot say that damn word, Dead by Daylight. Um, <laughs> that and... Um, a pyramid head is in it and i don't remember his lore yeah. but i mean it's whatever way they shoehorn him into everything i mean now. yeah
1: the, the the whole thing about pyramid head existing anywhere but except for silent hill 2 despite the fact that they put pyramid head in other silent hill games later it's, <laughs> it's weird because pyramid head is, is is supposed to be the physical like the physical mm-hmm. manifestation of the very specific psyche of a very specific person and then they were like, "Wow, this character is really popular, so we should keep putting him in more stuff."
0: Now he's like the manifestation of everyone thirsting after him. So exactly, well, he's he, everyone you know, now.
1: I mean, that's he, true. He originally, down in the first game, yeah, yeah, so, in the second game.
0: Uh, oh yeah, I forgot. About, oh wow, it's been so long since I've played that game. Um, but yeah, so not canon. Uh, but that's fine because if you have Nears approach, everything's canon. Everything's not canon. It doesn't matter. I, yeah, enjoy your it's, stuff. It's all
1: made up. It's it like it's all made up in sense of like that all stories are made up. But also it's made up in like who decides what's canon. And it's like oftentimes mostly these days it's like some weird executive in a big boardroom says, this is canon and this isn't. And it's just like, what does that mean? Like what you're just saying words and (laughs) it doesn't matter. Like it just doesn't matter. Like the the stories are the stories and they exist all in, within the realm of imagination anyway. So who cares?
0: We're going to have to do like a whole other like podcast spinoff of you explaining that to me so I can argue with people on the internet way better. Um, (laughs) um, but yeah, speaking of things that are and are not Canon, um, is stating my warrior of light is Canon now and that's what I'm going to say. Um, and that's actually, uh, bringing me to our final fantasy 14 stories. Hopefully I don't spend three hours here now. Um, but so over the week, um, I know we were talking a little bit about you playing some this weekend here um, earlier. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah. Um, hopefully it doesn't get DDoS again. Um, <laughs> I've never actually said that word out loud. I'm assuming it's DDoS'd DDoS. Or, yeah. 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 Okay. Do- DDoS. Yeah. Yeah. DDoS. Some people DDoS'd say DDoS. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> it happened again over this week because some people hate fun. I was online, um, Writing down a million things and taking screenshots and getting ready to work on our really cool database pages. Shout out to Linkshell, uh, random plug.
1: Go to thelinkshell.com <laughs> for all your Final Fantasy 14 news yes. and opinions and other things.
0: And y'all stop DDoSing it so I can keep working. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, it, it sounds like uh, they struggled with this again. Um, there were mass disconnects a couple of times. Um, I know I got disconnected um and then you see the dreaded like you're the 2000 person in queue. Um, yeah. Someone called it the sundering again, which was <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like funny. That went around. It was like my favorite tweet of the week was like everybody the disconnect <laughs> like circle over their head and they were like oh no we're getting sundered again. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it it seems like it went on for a couple days. I have not seen anybody else say anything about, um, getting DDoS again this week, but it seems like it happens near every big patch. So, yeah. Um, and I don't know
1: why. Like, I mean, I know why to, to some degree, because people are just assholes a lot of the time is the actual answer, because mm-hmm. like DDoSing is dedicated denial of service, I guess, for people who don't know what that is. And it's basically you just like trick computers into thinking thousands of or hundreds of thousands of people are all trying to log into a service at the same time. Sometimes this is used in the form of like people trying to be dicks for a specific reason where they're like... I'm mad that you nerfed that gun in <laughs> Destiny 2, you know, stuff like that. And a lot of the times it's just, like, people who are, like, I'm going to show off what a, like, how powerful I am, like, what a good hacker I am. And, and like, if you actually talk to any, like, computer programmer or ha- or actual hackers or whatever, they're like, DDoS attacks are not hacking. They are, like, the simplest fucking thing in the world to do, and they're not, you know, it's just a big brute force attack they are not doing anything interesting um so it's like not even good at that um so all it is 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 oftentimes just people being dicks
0: yeah it's i used to um when i worked in retail hell um my younger years through college i used to always tell people to uh go ahead and update your christmas console um because people without fail every year playstation and xbox and all of that they wind up you know, getting targeted for some of the same stuff um, and no one can update their console on Christmas Day. So,
1: yeah, as it goes.
0: Mm-hmm. Um and actually
1: sorry. It's, it's distributed denial of service, not oh. dedicated. I misspoke. OK, uh, um, I'm looking to if there's any if anybody's like claimed, you know, reason for doing this one on this in this particular case. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah.
0: Anyway, that seems. I know uh, a joke that always like seems to start with the community is um, that it's all of us trying to log in and it's just like surprising squares and so we're doing it to ourselves. I, I actually um, because I don't know anything about like stuff like that. I asked um, someone before who knows why. Better than I do um, about, about these sorts of things, and he was like, "No, it's it's pretty clear like when that's happening versus you know everybody's yeah. just logging in for patch day." And I was like, oh, "Okay, so I guess it's not all of us um, storming the servers trying to to play a patch or something." Um, but no, horrible. Um, but there's still there's better news um, for for fourteen. It's not all um, terrible. Uh, Jeremy Ang, I believe is how you say it. It might be Ong. Jeremy Ong. I should have looked that up um, actually before. I don't think I've ever heard him say his name out loud. Um, But Jeremy Ong on Cameo. Uh, So there's actually a Cameo uh, is for voice actors um, or other talent to it's where people can request. That they record a message from some of their favorite characters or, or voice talent or whatever that may be, and this voice actor from Final Fantasy XIV um, is actually now on uh, cameo. And so, mm-hmm. if if anybody has played like Shadowbringers um, or if you've played if you're caught up in your In In Walker, he's Van Daniel. Um, (laughs) And there's a couple of other uh, voice actors on there also, but he's one that just joined Cameo. So now people can request um, voice clips from Fan Daniel, um, which is incredible. And (laughs) this clip in particular that we have written up um, over on Fanbyte is about telling the Lord to hit that bong. Um, which is what I've always wanted to hear Daniel say
1: you you said telling the Lord to hit that bong and it makes me think you're talking about
0: Jesus (laughs) telling the it's because my southern accent everyone just expects it to be Jesus tell the Uh. Lord to hit that bong Um, but (laughs) but hearing Daniel say that oh gosh what does he say what did he say in the actual game no he says daddy I thought he was going to say orgy that was Thancred that said orgy um, but we've already heard Fan Daniel say, "Daddy." Um, mm-hmm. So this is this is just this just seems like the natural progression of that sort of thing. near. how do you feel about Fan Daniel and hitting a bong?
1: <laughs> I love the idea of uh, Fan Daniel telling Zenos to hit that bong. Um, the the request reads uh, as follows. I can actually read the whole thing mm-hmm. if you don't mind. Uh, Hit that bong, my lord. Yes. Hit that shit. Ah, was that dank puff not pleasing to my lord. The kitchen has prepared another sample for you. Please indulge. Um, (laughs) Nier is actually
0: on cameo now, too.
1: (laughs) <laughs> um yeah it's very funny uh it's it's just a good goofy uh bit um i love the idea of more uh, voice actors for these things being on cameo to just do audio shit posts mm-hmm. and like being down for that uh it's very funny to me um and i like it from the perspective of i think it oftentimes puts a face to the voices that like you know oftentimes people just like assume is just a voice or just that character and only associate with that person or that character in game not saying that like every voice actor in the world needs to you know be public or anything like that but it you know uh, I'm all for anything that reminds people that you know human beings are actually behind these games
0: right absolutely there's a couple of others too from 14 i think um on cameo i think Thankrid is on there um i want to say there's more than that is i think xenos is on there too um, hmm. so you could just like write a whole script with these guys. Well, now at this I, point, no, now you're giving me ideas. <laughs> I think, I think we should, um, request some budget <laughs> and meet up later and and make some requests. Um, but I think it's really cool. Uh, like you were talking about like putting a face, um, to this type of thing. Um, and I've seen some other really cool, um, stuff just come out of cameo requests. Um, I always wonder about like, the legality of it because it's their voice and I don't I think there's like always a joke of like oh I don't know who this is or something like that um so they don't really invoke the names of the people
1: I mean they own their voice right so as long as they're not using that character name I'm sure it's it's fine until we get to the point where Disney is buying out like Robert Downey Jr's vocal folds or whatever
0: yeah right right um okay well I know what I'm doing later, um, and I need to look up and see.
1: <laughs> need to check some prices, Andrew. Let's, <laughs> let's get on this.
0: <laughs> need to see you all is on Cameo. I wonder if you stole his on Cameo. Um, I have requests.
1: Um, she was in, the, her voice actress was in a different game this year, and it fucks me up. Like, that is the honest, like, that is why I kind of, what's that?
0: What, what game? What, what was she in? Uh,
1: Warhammer 40,000 Chaos um, Gate Demon Hunters.
0: Uh, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I, I probably will never know then. Um. Bless. Okay. Well, I did not realize. I think there's (laughs) a. Yeah, you
1: really are southern.
0: (laughs) I've got it. I have like all these. I'm. I'm not. Um, a religious person, but I have all of these like random southernisms that are gonna come out. Um, that everyone can enjoy. I think John is is from the South too. So Oh yeah, he's from
1: Texas. Yeah. He absolutely you and he, I'm sure, would get along great <laughs> or do get along great.
0: <laughs> so it'll be it'll be just like John's here with with some southernisms. Oh. Um but um no, what was I saying? Oh, there's like a what is that show? Oh god, now I can't remember. It's got Grahatia's voice actor in it. Um, but he's a person. I mean, he's he's always a person. But you know, like he's, like, <laughs> he's
1: wow, objectifying Drahtia <laughs> on my podcast? No, in my podcast feed, your podcast.
0: He's um. Oh my gosh, I, I'll remember wait, Bridgerton. That's it. Oh, my God. It Bridgerton. Just, that's okay. it. Okay. I've never yeah, seen it before. Yeah,
1: he is in that. Right. I've yeah. never seen it before either, but I remember people talking about that.
0: He is not a catboy in that show. So weird. Um, I will. <laughs> I'll watch that and go to cameo. Um, But we
1: Reminds do. me of the I, this this might be lost on you. I don't know how what our age difference is, Andrea, but it reminds me of when I heard Cartho Nassi's voice from KOTOR two, or KOTOR 1. In like an episode of Criminal Minds or something like that, because he was like playing the killer.
0: Oh my gosh! I so I my my terrible secret is that I've never played Kotor, um, which like a mark on my that's record not a at that s- point. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> um, I did watch They're Criminal Minds though. So really, so, yeah, um, I I liked that show a lot. <laughs> but anyway, um, I think we do have a couple of more. To hit, so I don't talk about Graha for like forty five minutes. I promise. <laughs> um, but Bungie, this might I might need your your help a little one on this one nearer then because I don't Get know me. a whole lot about it. Um, so it sounds like Bungie is kind of keeping um, season eighteen close to their chest, um, and I don't know how that typically goes with Bungie. You know, I don't know how far out they they tease some of these things. Um, but it sounds like season 18 in particular for destiny two, um, they're just, they're not talking too much about it yet. Yeah. Um, It sounds like
1: they're going to wait till hours before release to say anything about it, which is interesting.
0: Yeah. I, um, just coming from like my typical service game that we just got done talking about, you know, these things typically start months, you know, out and sometimes we know kind of like we do for like 6.0 for final fantasy 14, we know a loose roadmap for everything, Um, And I don't know if you know, but is Bungie typically that way? Like, do we have a long roadmap for Destiny 2? Um,
1: No, not typically a super long one. I mean, we we have a very, very broad idea of like... You know we have some names of some things that are that are coming later but they don't really go into deep details about like what that actually means from a from usually from a story perspective sometimes uh very often actually they will they will give out like a list of like okay this is what we want to change about these weapons over here we want to like make it so we're in sometime in the future we're going to be patching these guns so they don't use ammo anymore and and they'll they'll tell you stuff like that you know very nuts and bolts kind of uh information about like where they want to take the direction of the gameplay but right. they very rarely tell talk to him too much directly about the the story the one exception being really that we have uh like a a year or two ago i forget exactly uh how long it's been but they did do a big like drop where they were like here's the next four years of destiny and Mm -hmm. it's going to be witch queen it's going to be Lightfall. is one of them which i don't know if that's even like a given name or like a, a, a completely uh locked-in name. Mm-hmm. Um, but they there was, like, four different expansions, and then the Witch Queen, you know, like, which has already come out. Um, and so we were kind of, like, waiting for some of that stuff to play out. Witch Queen came out early this year, late last year, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had been delayed many, many times. Uh, so that could be part of this too. Part of the reason that they're being very quiet about some of this stuff is because their roadmap is different than it was originally because the Witch Queen kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed. Um, and it turned out really good. People really seem largely cool with the Witch Queen um, as it is. And they've been doing some really interesting stuff like overhauling all of the different subclasses for every class in the game. Um, so, like, every class in the game has three different elements that they can embody, like, electricity, fire, or, like, void, I guess, or poison. Um, and all of those have gotten, work, uh, like, overhauled season to season. So we no- do know that the next season is going to be the last one of those overhauls, which is going to overhaul, like, the electricity powers. Um, but for the most part, they, yeah, they just haven't said much, and they really didn't say much about the last season either in terms of plot, which ended up being about, like, a lot of... Um, characters dealing with their traumatic pasts. Mm-hmm. Um, Zavala had a wife who had died in some some capacity in the in the past or died in some way in the past, uh, and he was being haunted by her ghost. Uh, a character called Crow, who's sort of become a fan favorite, especially of Merit. Merit loves Crow, <laughs> um, is like a big feature of this season now because he um he had lost his memories, like a lot of other characters in Destiny. It's kind of like a it's like a lore thing in that game that when you become a guardian, you lose all your memories. Um, but he got all of his memories back, so he remembered being a bad guy. Uh, but he also has his uh, feelings and memories of being a good guy. Um, so he's like conflicted now. Uh, and it's very cute. And yeah, I mean, other than that, I just haven't been following Destiny uh, too super closely enough to say exactly what people are looking forward to mm-hmm. um, in terms of like big changes in the near future. But obviously, this comes pretty off the heels of. Sounds like that Sony Bungie deal went through,
0: I think. Yes, that's what, um, and, and Merit actually speculates a little bit um, on that in her write-up um, of how they're kind of keeping this close to their chest for now. Um, just how will that play out um, and how will that kind of cycle go from here? I know Bungie did that really long, um, <clears throat> they did that long blog post in the beginning about how Things wouldn't change, you know, too much and right. how things would stay the same and they wouldn't go platform exclusive anywhere. So there's no need to worry about, you know, suddenly this becomes Sony's thing only. Um, so I guess we'll see kind of how Sony impacts this and how they they usually kind of go about this marketing cycle or yeah. do these updates become more frequent, less frequent, bigger? Um, it sounds like I should play this though. Just hear I, you talk about
1: it. Yeah, I, I think you would. Uh, here's the thing, Andrea, is like, I think Destiny is a really great game to play when there's like a really interesting new season of content going mm-hmm. on. And then Final Fantasy XIV is like the home that you go back to. And so you need to have that that good base. You need to have right. Final Fantasy XIV. Um and what I'm constantly telling Merit is Merit should just get into Final Fantasy Fourteen because she keeps getting like tired of the grind in Destiny. So I think you've already I think what you've done, Andrea, is you've just <laughs> skipped the middleman. You've just skipped the process where you have to play Destiny and instead realized, oh, I should just play Final Fantasy
0: Fourteen. There we go. Yeah, that's um, I need to uh, back off of fourteen a little bit because now I'm just like I downloaded that phone app and I'm like checking it. Does Destiny have a phone app? Because at oh, that yeah. point, oh, well, I'm doomed um but, but no, just hearing you talk about there's something really cool about i don't know experiencing a story with so many people is like this constant phenomena where we're all going through it together
1: um
0: yeah. destiny has, is weird though
1: because it also it,
0: it i don't know if you even know this
1: maybe and if you do maybe some people listening to this don't know this but like uh destiny has the opposite problem of Final Fantasy 14, whereas Final Mm -hmm. Fantasy 14 has that like huge slog at the beginning where it's like, hey, I don't want to play through 50 hours of getting to level 50 Mm -hmm. um, to to get to the good stuff. Um, Destiny was like, well, we have that kind of stuff in here. It wasn't 50 hours, but it was like, oh, you have to play like a 10 hour story to really to really get in. They took all that stuff out. And there's oh. just no way to experience it now. It's just gone. Oh. Lots of content is just gone from the game. And they're constantly, they call it vaulting. Oh, I've like heard
0: they, this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They're just constantly taking stuff out and they've replaced it with like a little kind of encyclopedia button that you can press on the front page when you load into the game where it's like, okay, there was a guy named Dominus Gall. He showed up and he put a big weird sex muzzle on the big orb <laughs> in the sky and that let it steal the sex orb's powers and uh, he exploded, but now everything is was fine. But then it wasn't fine because then the big pyramids showed up and that was bad too. And a lot of stuff you just can't play like a lot. There's entire locations you can't go back to. And they slowly rotate some of that stuff back in in different ways. Um, Like, for instance, Mars was a location in Destiny um, until that big like the big first vaulting that they did. Um, and now, and then Mars went away. And now Mars is back, but it's like a, it's not the same location, basically. It's like, it's technically called Mars, but it's like a completely different map, completely different zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Leviathan, which was like a big raid area in the game, this big golden, opulent spaceship that looks like a lamprey, um, ruled by a big, like, um, decadent king named Callus. Um, who just loves the Guardians and his whole thing is that he just writes fanfic about you all day and loves watching you fight and he just like is on the loudspeaker going like wonderful I love a good show you know um <laughs> And he's like literally there's like a, there's a whole lore card about like how he wrote like a whole series of fanfic about you and him becoming best friends and um he, you killing everyone in the universe for him uh, until he finally kills you. So uh, he's the last person <laughs> uh, left and it, that place was taken out of the game it, despite being like a really cool great part and it was brought back in recently and you don't go to that raid anymore but you can still walk around that location and see some of those old areas where it's like, Oh, this is where the dogs attacked you. And Oh, this is where you did the game show.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. That's like, I don't know. A, a dude writing fan fan. I mean, I'm sold mostly minus, the, I don't know the Disney vaulting thing. I get kind of irritated just because, you know, people can't experience some of the original 14 content the way it came out. I mean, that's being like weirdly protective of, like you know, the first experience I ever had with the game, so it's not that big of a deal. So the idea of like I don't know Disney vaulting something is kind of strange to me. So maybe I'll, I'll give it a shot, and Merit and I can trade places for a little bit, and she can she can go try Final Fantasy fourteen.
1: Now listen, if this results in you getting Merit to play <laughs> um, Final Fantasy fourteen,
0: it'll all have been worth it. Perfect. Maybe um we'll we'll do something with cameo and fan Daniel, and see if we can we can convince her yes
1: like oh yeah let's get fan daniel and xenos to just like tell merit to play
0: perfect there's a free
1: trial up to level 60 my lord
0: oh my, I, think, but I can't uh, surely someone has done that
1: I think surely somebody <laughs> has done that
0: just interrupting the show real quick to shout out one of our other shows 99 potions where the crew is tackling some of the other news stories from this week too near and Imron are joined by merit and mike to talk more about pokemon news and the netflixification of games via things like game pass and much more so head on over to fanbite.com podcast to check out all of our other shows okay back to the show all right. Well, here's another um, that I, I think we had this chat kind of the other day. Um, a few of us um, at work about Pokemon and the new upcoming games. Um, so I don't actually know a ton about Pokemon, but I do have a soft spot for Ash's original voice actor because this was more my time with it. Um, so 17 years ago, as some of you may remember, um, Ash was voiced by someone else. Um, And their name, I had it over here. Who was it? Veronica Taylor um, was actually Ash Ketchum back then. Um, And hasn't been Ash for a long time. I know I felt like I've watched it um, and kind of wondered, oh, they just changed his voice actor recently. But no, it was in 2005. Um, Mm. They changed Ash's voice actor. Um, But Veronica Taylor is actually doing um, her old Ash voice for a deep dive audiobook, which is kind of cool. Um, and I haven't engaged with that series like enthusiastically in a long time, but this sounds kind of cool. It's called Monster Kids, How Pokemon Taught a Generation to Catch Them All, um, which just kind of explores um, the franchise um, and, and kind of our era of it. Um, I think we're close in age. I think so, yeah. Did, were you Were yeah. you a big Pokemon kid? Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. I fell off Pokemon hard, but like when Pokemon red and blue and gold and silver were out, that was like, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yes, that was that was mine. Um, I have a lot of fond memories of red and silver. Um,
1: I have a really embarrassing story about Pokemon and how much I loved Pokemon that I need to tell sometime, (gasps) but I don't want to derail you.
0: Oh, no, please tell it. And then I'll tell mine and then we'll talk more about
1: Ash. (laughs) If you have an embarrassing story, then that's fine. I do. Okay, great. I had a thing where um I was watching the Pokemon anime at the time mm-hmm. and I think I've told this story on maybe Channel F or something like that. Another great fanbite podcast that you can go listen to at fanbyte.com slash podcasts. Um <laughs> We, uh, me and my friend Adam at the time were watching the Pokemon anime and we were both into way into drawing. So what we did was, um, we, we got to the episode where Brock like leaves the group uh, and he's like, listen, I gotta go train by myself and like do my own thing. And like he leaves the show and it's like, whoa, that's wild. Um, this major character, you know, it was like the you know eight year old equivalent of a character death on a show. Mm-hmm. And we were so torn up about it that what we did was we put up like, um PSA in memorial posters throughout the elementary school with um like that were just like printed out pieces of paper with um like the announcement that like Brock had had <laughs> left Pokemon and to get the because we didn't have color printer we could put Pokemon pictures just on the printed pieces out pieces of paper um we Took Lunchables that Pokemon branded Lunchables and cut out the cardboard pictures of Pokemon on them and pasted them like like literally like like put glue on them glued them to the the posters throughout the entire school and just like as many of you know Brock is oh like Pokemon
0: <laughs> that is hilarious and I think I think we were like almost the same child near um so we would have been best friends as children because my, I believe it I know that is adorable um. And wholesome. Mine is, um, I'm surprised my mom didn't like throw me out. Um, (laughs) But my mom, there's like professional pictures, you know, do you remember there was like a thing Pokemon did back then where you could like go to Sears or something. I don't know. It was a huge deal and get your picture taken with like Pikachu or something. Oh,
1: that sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. They
0: did that. And my mom was like, no, we're not going, we're not going to pay all this money and da da da. And I was like, pissed um i was not having it um and so we had gone to burger king i think it was that had those like you know those gold mm-hmm. little coin oh thing. i had so many of those <laughs> yeah they had like pikachu cups too so like they the cardboard cups there was pictures of pikachu on it um and when my mom went to sleep i cut out all the pikachus from the cups and then i cut these very expensive like I don't know what they're called. It's like that really nice poster board type stuff, pictures that she had printed of me when I was little. (gasps) And I sliced all of them up and stuck Pikachu in there strategically and hung them back up on the walls. (laughs) So when she woke up from this nap, there was just like all these really nice pictures of me that were just cut up with (gasps) Pikachu stuck in them. (laughs) Yes, so That's I. So cute. She st- she kept them because she paid so much for those damn pictures. So now there's just like pictures of me that we have that I have, you know, photoshopped before Photoshop was a thing for me, uh-huh. um, and pictures of Pikachu. That childhood so, memory is worth more than those pictures ever. <laughs> right, I agree. So we we both have the same idea, you know, cut up some of this stuff <laughs> and make do with what we've
1: got. Exactly. Yeah. Ah. Uh. Resourceful. Uh, what is it? Necessity breeds invention. There we go.
0: <laughs> there we go. Um, looping back to the book somehow. Um, I feel like that is uh, so. How Pokemon taught a generation to catch them all. Um, very fitting for the children that were cutting up things and hanging them about their school and home. Mm-hmm. Um, so having having Veronica Taylor voice or go back to her Ash voice to explore. Pokemon and that generation kind of cool. Yeah, that is cool. Um, But yeah, there was more Pokemon news this week, too, just to kind of like hit on it a little bit. Um, Even as someone like not super into it, I love to watch it passively. And I mean, I play the games like casually and I'll beat it, but I'm not like, you know, I don't know anything about types and who's the best. Um, But there was a couple of things that kind of took off. I don't know if you saw this dog, but now I'm obsessed with it. I did see the dog. Fido, did you see this?
1: I saw the dog. I saw Fido. <laughs> he's really <laughs> I good. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> I will probably go catch one of those. That's all I've got to say about him. He's good. I like the cat. Um the cat surprisingly seems to be the less the least popular I think of the starters. Everybody's like obsessed with the I don't know, the the round boy. Uh, he's precious. The the little fire guy um and the duck. So, but I'm, I'm probably going to get the cat in this Fido for anybody who doesn't know Fido, um, it's spelt like the bread. So like dough, Mm -hmm. um, which is like the most, I don't know. It's incredible. It's terrible, but it's like also incredible, um, that they have called this dog Fido and he looks like, you know, little thing of dough. Um,
1: yeah. With like butter spread over parts of it. Like you're about to put it in the oven and it's going to rise.
0: I love him.
1: He has to evolve into like baked bread, right? He has to evolve into like like a fucking baguette, or something.
0: <laughs> big bread, Like a
1: baguette wiener dog. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, now I hope that happens because if he doesn't evolve, oh my gosh, there's like there's a lot of really good Twitter posts though about him, like him in the oven. Oh, that's horrible! Get out of the get out of the oven, oh, bless him. People photoshopping him onto that that dog that sh- that surprised Shiba dog. Um, uh huh. Very good. Um, but no, th- I found this really cute article um, by Rebecca Valentine over on IGN. That's this really good roundup of all the great Fido memes that, of course, that people have come up with um, since they revealed a dog made out of bread. Um, yeah. That's like a
1: chocolate whooper.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's perfect. It's like one of those things that I love about Pokemon. I don't even. Uh, oh, gosh. What is that? Pokemon. Pokemon. It's it's uh, it says something about being like constantly anxious and aware of its existence or something. Esper. That's what it Esper. is. Yes. The one that's like terrified at all times and like bug eyed. That's me. Um, so I love I love some of the the newer Pokemon just more casually.
1: Yeah, um, me too. Like uh, very similar to some of the other stuff that we've talked about here. Like mm-hmm. um, Dead by Daylight, for instance, um, I'm just like. I don't really care to play these games, but I do love to look up from my little fucking notebook or whatever and be like, huh, look at that dog. Look at that little doe dog. And then go right back to work.
0: Exactly. <laughs> That's I kind of had the same reaction. So the other part of this um, that I kind of picked up through like osmosis um, about the the Pokemon Presents thing um, is that the legendaries are bikes. And I wasn't like immediately like, you know... Um, Final Fantasy 13 when Shiva's a bike. Yeah. Of course, I looped mm-hmm. it back to that. Um, and I was like, oh, they're doing yeah. that with the legendaries. And I kind of thought that in passing. But they really are. Like, they, they, they re- just you look ride like them. bikes. Yeah. yeah. So now they're just, I don't know. They're bike legendaries.
1: There's one that is completely, <laughs> it's like the fire type legendary or something uh-huh. like that. Just completely unhinged because it is a big bike. It's like a big lizard with two wheels, like a wheel in its ass and a wheel (laughs) under its neck. Um, But it still has arms and legs and it runs on its arms and legs. The wheels don't do anything like they don't. You just ride on this thing that has these big vestigial wheels sticking out of two parts of its body. and it's a nightmare to look at there there's one there's like a, a i don't know what type it is but there's like a purple one that is just like oh this is a mo- this is literally a motorcycle this mm-hmm. is like makoto from um persona riding her bike kind of thing and then this other one is just like looks like <laughs> like
0: it's been cursed <laughs> that's, that's like the most pokemon thing to do i don't know that just seems fitting it's just a bike but it doesn't use its wheels but it's a bike no No, Um, it just
1: has. And again, the way it's positioned, it does look like it has a just a just it's not like the wheels are like set to look like aesthetically pleasing. It's like a one wheel sticking out of its chest and neck, just forward like a wheel, like a motorcycle wheel. And then one just looks that like it's shoved up its ass.
0: (laughs) I'm looking at pictures of it right now. So there's like the blue one. Um, I'm going to get roasted because I'm calling them like the blue one and the red one. Um, the the yes. violet one, I'll get more specific. Um, he looks like you he's know, like- Pokemon, yeah. red version, blue version. <laughs> exactly. Um, but he's like a, a, an aquatic going craft. I don't know. Mm. And then I see the, this picture of the red one where he is standing um, with his wheels. So I don't know. I hope, I really hope that he just doesn't use them and they never acknowledge it in the game. <laughs> I just never uses them once. Oh, um, and we fucking... still have to get around on a bike. fucking
1: pokemon what a weird fucking franchise
0: (laughs) incredible um well for our last story um i do want to hit on real quick um this situation where it seems like uh activision uh may have plagiarized a skin um from an artist and it came out some quite some years ago um, so our headline is, Artist Claims Call of Duty Plagiarized Its Upcoming Loyal Samoid Skin. And I wrote this up last weekend, and there actually have been a couple of updates I can hit on. Um, so Raven Software's new Loyal Samoyed Skin uh, looks a lot like something that someone posted on ArtStation some years ago. Um, so I believe their name is Sail Lint, um, they posted this really cool like mock up of a fluffy Samoyed. I have a Samoyed, so I love them. Oh really? I did. <laughs> so I saw this and I was immediately like, oh my God, it's Zeus. And then I forgot that there's like, you know, a whole breed of dog out there that looks like him. Um,
1: <laughs> it's,
0: not one, Zeus.
1: <laughs> it's not Zeus. Your dog isn't a legendary. There's not just one of him. In right? the world.
0: He's no wheels or anything. He's, he's not as special um, as I like to think he is, but he is. No, he's my baby. Um, so this is not a picture of Zeus, but it, this is a really cool picture um, that someone did um, of a skin for one of the operators in Call of Duty Warzone, Um, And so it sounds like maybe someone over at Raven Software lifted their work. Um, And, you know, of course, all of these things I like to go into it, assuming, oh, you know, no idea is original anymore at this point. You look at it, though, and these things look a lot alike. um, Yeah,
1: they're like. Pretty much one to one.
0: Exactly. That was it was not a situation where I felt like I could go, Oh, okay, you know, not an original idea. I'm sure everybody has thought about dog skins in Call of Duty. No, this is like down to the
1: (laughs) T. Right. This is a this is a dog skin in baggy blue pants with a gray parka that uh, that is topped by a scarf with a very specific pattern mm-hmm. and has patches on the left arm and uh like a little i'm not sure what that is on the right arm but there's like a walkie-talkie or some mm-hmm. some device on the on the right arm and the le- right thigh has like a, a little like a rob liefeld buckle or or, or pouch like a cable pouch I don't know if that plays that reference plays with anybody. There was a there was a comic book artist named Rob Liefeld. He loved mm-hmm. to put pouches on every character design, uh, like no
0: More. <laughs> yeah,
1: and this is just this is egregious. This is yeah. this is just one to one.
0: Yeah, it's it's it, you know it it feels like we we say oh it, it looks like it. this I don't know this looks damn like they the same damn near the same. Um, so the the artist um posted about it over on their. Artistation account. Um, and they said that they were never contacted um, by Activision or anybody. Um, so they were kind of doing the best they could on Twitter and kind of calling the sound and tweeting at them and trying to get um, some other players to, to mention it. And it sounds like um, recently, so just a couple of days ago um, Activision emailed them. Um, we don't know, I believe at this point, what the conclusion of that is. Um, but Activision ended up pulling everything, even the the last weekend when I reported on this. Um, they had kind of scrubbed everything off of like the patch notes and in their Twitter teases. They had deleted all of that stuff. Um, hmm. They had not said anything, but they did kind of scrub its existence so but of course the internet never forgets you can look at the the internet archives still have blog posts that show the dog and the skin um and so hopefully this means that I, i hope it was a good email for this artist um it's way too easy to just lift this stuff that fans create um got a lot of thoughts about that and fan patches and work going into games that i'll spare Everyone from my, my long rant, but... um
1: Well, we'll t- we'll talk about it on that spinoff we were talking about right, earlier. Exactly.
0: exactly. Um, but yeah, it, it sounds like they've been contacted. So I guess we'll see what comes of the Call of Duty skin situation.
1: Or we'll never hear about this ever again. Right. The, the person <laughs> will be quietly paid and uh that'll be it. You know, right. who knows?
0: Whatever it is, I hope that they do get paid for it. So yeah, good luck to you.
1: They should at least get, I mean, if that thing was in the game and was sold for money, like they should at least get a slice of that pie that was, you know, for the people who do own it already. Right. Or did this come out or was this it th- announced?
0: Did so it did not. It did not. Yeah. So it was, it was teased for the upcoming big patch. Um. So they have a bunch of stuff coming out and there was like a whole lineup of dog skins. Um, right. And this one was in those skins. So I don't know if the whole like patch thing is, I, I don't know if all those skins are scrubbed. Um, but even the, the artist, if you look on their art station, they have like a lot of really cool, like reimagined Call of Duty operator skins. Um, so uh, hopefully they're taking a look back. Of course, we don't know how this came to be, but Activision and Raven Software need to maybe reevaluate how some of these things come down the pipeline.
1: Yeah, I mean, there there's, you know... There's some shit going on at Activision every day. True. It like. It's literally, I, it was after this story that came live, but there was uh, another story from the other day about how apparently it sounds like uh, Activision has rehired that union busting firm mm-hmm. that they used against Raven previously to try and stop them from unionizing, which did not work. Um, Raven did, well, the Raven QA department unionized. And now a different part of the of Activision has uh, Activision Montreal or something like that. I forget what they changed. It used to be Vicarious Visions. It was a Mm -hmm. it was a independent or not an independent developer, but it was a it was a separate entity called Vicarious Visions that had been around for many, many years. And like a lot of big companies that want to basically scrub away that history so that they can fold those people into their things and then put them on making map packs or whatever the fuck. Um, they took their name away and called them Activision Montreal or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and though that QA department is voting to unionize, I believe, or, or is talking about voting to
0: unionize. Yeah. That's one of those things I, um, uh, of course it's never okay to, to lift someone's art, but sometimes whenever I look at some of these situations, I do start to wonder, you know, was this done out of desperation Is someone, you know, pushed yeah. to, to working really hard and, you know, people do things that they aren't proud of whenever they're pushed and pushed and pushed. So, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I I look at the, the working conditions there and maybe you would not have some of these situations if you had better conditions. So there's that for Activision.
1: It's Blizzard Albany too, by the way, just to Um, just clarify that. But no, I I agree with you, Andrea. Like, yeah, you, fewer of these problems happen when people don't feel like they are pressured to keep a livelihood, um, under things like crunch and things like toxic work environments.
0: Right. They they happen less at the very least. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, I think that actually closes us out. That's kind of all we have for this week. Uh, but I wanted to thank you so much, Nir, for joining me and bearing with me my first time getting to host the show. Um, hopefully I can bug y'all some more.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I loved having I loved I was going to say I loved having you on. <laughs> I've been on this show twice in my life before this. So that's not a true sentence at all. <laughs> I loved being on with you. Sorry. I've got 27 tabs open on my computer all the time, as is just like normal for me. So I've just been like glancing between different things like, is there any breaking news or is there anything we need to be talking about that we haven't yet? And stuff like that. And also checking my emails and blah, blah, blah. (sighs) But no, uh, thank you, Andrea. Uh, This was really fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we will we'll do it again and then we'll go back and uh maybe we'll get you know something recorded for Cameo and we'll just play it as the yeah. intro and outro.
1: Mm-hmm. It'll be the intro and outro for the new spinoff. Near and, <laughs> and like Astroneer, our Astroneer adorable. podcast.
0: Very adorable, where we um explain <laughs> canon. What is canon and not canon. So mm-hmm. perfect. Well, thank you so much. Right, and that's going to be it for this week's show. Thank you so much to Niriam Strom for joining me this week to chat with me. You can follow Nerium over on Twitter at Nerium Strom. And you can, of course, listen to them on 99 Potions each week right here on Fanbytes Podcast Network. Special thanks to our producer, Paul, who you can find over at Polymayo on Twitter. That's P-O-L-I-M-A-Y-O. You can also find me on Twitter at Majora, where I share my weekend news beats and talk about MMOs, the bizarre things around them that happen in the community, the endearing culture around them, all that good stuff. Um, And we'll, of course, be back next week with our regularly scheduled program. Thanks for having me. Until next time, you're welcome.